You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Six Rings. The dynasty continues. And football things. The X, the Z, vertical routes. I love football, man. With your host, Andy Hart. Well, Andy Hart is a football genius. I'm not going to pretend I sit down and watch the All-22. Next question, Andy Hart, please. Nick Fitzy Stevens. Is that Fitzy with you this morning? Absolutely not, Fitzy. This just in, I'm dead inside. And Chris Shine. Derek Carr, however, is a guy I would ride tonight. I think Matt Patricia's a boob. Back for another post-practice six rings and football things. Andy Hart here alongside friend of the show, Mike Giardi. We're fresh off the practice field at Gillette Stadium where the Patriots had a bounce-back effort offensively after what was generally described as a hellacious uh, offensive practice a day earlier. Mac Jones spoke with the media after practice. He declared that the offense needs to get 2% better. We can debate that maybe as this podcast evolves, but Mike... Did you think there was an improvement today, and do you think it's going in the right direction? Well, based on the direction it had been going the first 10 days, <laughs> I would say yes. Uh, it looked more cohesive. It was more fluid for sure. I'll just, you know, I, I know there's been a lot of pushback about how they've performed, from, especially in the social media world. Um, but Brian Hoyer today spoke before Mac did, and he acknowledged and pointed to yesterday's practice in particular and said, after a practice like that, he goes, everybody knows. And you come in, you look at each other and say, that can't happen again. You go look at the film, you make corrections, and then you make sure that you have a better day because that was unacceptable. And I thought today was acceptable. There were moments where it looked solid. It looked like it was gaining some traction. Now, can they build off that? I don't know. Before we get into Mac's discussion, uh, Bill Belichick spoke before practice, and he really emphasized the the results are not necessarily indicative of the action on any given play, whether it be for the team, the unit, the side of the ball, the players involved. That you know, there's 22 guys on the field, and sometimes it's only one breakdown, two break. Like he really a number of times emphasized that fact. Where do you think they are in terms of that? Are we looking at plays offensively in particular where? Eight or nine guys are not doing the right thing or get or losing their one-on-one matchups. Are we closer to single did you know the low one, two, three guys? Where are we in that process of if we take Bill at his word and say, you know, you guys fixate on the the end result, but you know, there could have been nine guys that played really well on that one play and maybe two guys that didn't. I don't know. We're supposed to celebrate that that if it's if it's nine guys who do well and there's two guys that don't, but they happen to be your tackle and your guard, and there's instant pressure. I mean, that's the thing about Monday's practice was there were a number of times where 
it was instantaneous. Not picking up whatever the defense was doing and allowing free rushers or on several plays, two or three guys meeting at the quarterback when he hits his last step and his back step and his drop and is trying to plant his foot, like that's instantly blown up. But then there are other points where I think, and because it's been so unsteady, that Mac gets to that plant foot and surveys and then starts to feel sometimes it's not there, but he's feeling it because he's been feeling it all camp. And so there's there's almost like a little repair that needs to be done there internally with this clock because they've been so porous in front of him. And I think there are other times, and we were here, you and I are sitting side by side in, in the Friday in stadium practice where we're looking down and guys are covered. They're just covered. Why is he running? Why is he holding the ball for six seconds? Well, because Hunter's covered and John who's covered and Parker's covered and Harris is covered. Where is he supposed to go with the ball? No, he just eats it or runs away with it. Yeah, I'm going to push back a little against this narrative that's developed that the offensive line is the issue. Yeah. It's one of the issues. Mm-hmm. There's no offensive line in 7-on-7, seven seven and they've struggled at times in 7-on-7. Seven seven. Mac has gotten frustrated in 7-on-7, seven seven, throwing his hands in the air. So it's not just the offensive line. But let's go down that road a minute because we are fresh off the practice field where maybe the story of the day beyond a little bit of a bounce back is a fight between David Andrews, your captain, center, offensive lineman, the leader of the group, and Christian Barmore, your second-year rising star defensive lineman who... I've heard a lot of people call unblockable, sort of at the, the point of attack, been a reason for some of the struggles. They went at it pretty good. It was a pretty good fight. It was not, I would say, beyond just the normal scuffle of the heat of camp. Uh, Christian Barmore was removed from the practice. David Andrews did not continue to practice but stayed on the field, did some conditioning. Is there any chance that there was a message sent there that maybe Barmore was playing at a different um, tempo than everybody else and standing out like a superstar when he was actually hindering the work of the offense it's a working theory that i'm dropping on you on air here but do you think there's something to was there some sort of message could it have been a fraudulent fight is, is it your captain showing some spark we know the old days that you know fraudulent fights happen to ignite things well, i guess what did you make of the fight well i mean david spoke to us after monday's practice after speaking to the offense and it was a strong contrast we had the defensive huddle after practice on monday and the offensive huddle and the defense is yucking it up having a grand old time and the offense all is very quiet and there's only david in the middle talking and heads are down uh to hoyer's point about just it was such a terrible practice there's definitely frustration there and i think that probably carried over a little bit for david now could there have been a different speed level with barmore versus what they were supposed to be at that's something that I consider because I think in watching the 11-on-11s today when the offense was better, it didn't still look like we we're going a full-on 100. I don't know what percentage you want to put it at. Was it 85? Whatever. I don't know. But so, like, yeah, did he elevate his play a little bit more? And David said, all right, enough. You're wrecking the play. But if I was going 100 and you were going 100, maybe it wouldn't be this way. I don't know. But I definitely think there was frustration there. And Barmore's been hard to block. So, you know, what are you going to do? And I do want to clarify, because we've used the term a lot like brother-in-lawing it, where two guys decide, I won't make you look silly, you don't make me look silly. I don't think that's this. I think it's more what you're talking about. The tempo that they've had various drills at has been tough to kind of mm-hmm. gauge. You know, are, are we going 100% for a two count and then we're backing off three steps? You know, like, what are we doing here? Three-quarter speed, half speed. I always think that's dangerous. I know that's modern football. You don't go, you know, Devin McCourty was talking post-practice about all the changes and the other, and he loves them. <laughs> As quote, you know, I only have so many tackles left in me. Why don't we save those for game days? That sort of thing. But I also think it creates a weird 
environment where sometimes players think the other guy, wait, I'm going 75 and you're going 85. Well, who really knows the difference between 75 and 85 in terms of effort on a football field? So I think that's interesting. But I did want to get into Mac Jones's comments. Um, the thing that stuck out to me most was he said a number of times, probably a half dozen, 2%. I would like to point out to him, I do not believe 2% better is good enough for this team. I do not think they have it 98% down and only have 2% left to go. They are not on the two-yard line looking to punch it in. Um, Is he just selling the company line, the trust in the coaches, the trust in the scheme, trust in himself? He kept saying, I've figured it out before. We'll get into that in a minute because I want to question that. But is he just selling and saying what he's supposed to say? Or do you think he believes maybe they are close? I don't know how he could believe that they're close unless literally they're looking at the film. And to your point earlier, it, uh, it wouldn't even be nine guys. It'd be ten guys doing the right thing, and there's one guy having a problem on the planet. If we can just get that one thing fixed, this pops for 40 yards, or this is a nice run. Um, but I think by and large, it's the, it's the party line. He's the quarterback. He's still young. It's a new system. He hasn't been awesome. So he's, he can't sit there and say, like, it's not me. It's everybody else around me. No, you, you've, you've – contributed to the struggles um so i think yeah i think he's just telling us what the message is right now so when he says you know we'll figure it out i'll figure it out i always have what do you make of that because um he's been a one-year starter in the nfl was a one-year starter in college where he was surrounded by talent galore loaded talent he was good i don't want to take anything away from him but they didn't exactly have significant struggles. There wasn't a lot of adversity. And I'm wondering where this adversity that he feels like he's overcome happened, occurred in his career. Because right now, they are the talking point. of As the Red Sox fade out of yes. relevance, the Patriots are the talking point, And it's mostly negative. It's like, what's going on with the offense? What's going on with Mac? Is that just, a, again, is that his own way sort of talking up his own self-confidence? Do you buy it? Do you think he knows what he's in for right now? What, the, what his lot in life really is right now? Yeah, it's a good question. I think part of it, I definitely think, is he's trying to give himself a pep talk. Um, and in terms of the adversity he's faced, I guess he would just say, I wasn't a five-star. I wasn't even a four-star. Uh, I had to kind of claw my way up the ladder at Alabama. He's been through some offensive coordinators, though the system largely remained the same. Um, so maybe that's where he's coming from in that, saying, like, look, I've been kicked and buried and beaten before, and then I've risen through that all to become a first-round pick and a and a pretty good starter on a playoff team last year. So, I, I would I would imagine that's his thought process for that. I'm not sure I buy it. And uh, Mike Giardi points out as we are sitting in the press box here in Six Rings and Football Things at Gillette Stadium, points to the rain that's coming down. Uh, we should probably mention the Patriots initially had been scheduled to practice at 4 p.m. today. They bumped it up to 12 to get ahead of this line of thunderstorms that was blowing through, and it worked. Uh, they finished practice, they finished interviews, and then the dark clouds, the booming, and the uh, rain came. So Bill Belichick right again. His offense may be struggling, but his uh, scheduling skills on point for practice. Um, what about the general tone of Mac Jones? Because I thought it was interesting. Week one was sell job. He was all in. He loved the coaching staff. He loved the open conversation. Week two was, we got to get it going. we got to get the pick up the pace. Today, I thought he went back a little more towards company line, talking points, bullet points, didn't, didn't feel the urgency of week two. Is that him naturally? Is that how he's being coached? Is that what he feels this team needs leadership-wise right now? What do you make of the overall sort of tone of him in the three times we've talked to him? Yeah, I've, I thought maybe that it is a little bit of a, a him showing some leadership here. And then, <laughs> that's classic. And That's then, Tom Curran having a phone conversation in the background, if you're wondering. <laughs> and then, to me, the other thing with him, 
And again, I'll go back to Hoyer. We said, like, do you, I think it was Karen Garrigan asked the question to him, like, how do you approach Mac, especially when he's showing signs of frustration? And he's like, well, it's like with my kids. Sometimes with my kids, you just let them figure it out on their own. You know, like it's part of the process. You need to learn. And sometimes you have to kind of walk them through it. So he said, so I've been around him long enough where I know when I should go up to him or when I should stand back and let him figure it out on his own. But he did say, you know, there are a couple of times where he's gone up to him and just be like, it starts here. Let's go. Next play. Let's, you know, like, so trying to reinforce that thing. And as someone, you know, you, you can talk all you want about Brian and his career. Like he's survived in this league for a long time and started a lot of football games. I think he has a pretty good perspective on on that and maybe on the leadership of that position. And maybe there was a little nudge like, hey, the open frustration, that you got to tamp it down a little bit because everybody's watching it. It's, you know, body language. He did mention that as a body language thing. You're going to be, be looking at your body language as well. So you, you got to be aware of that. And when you throw your hands up as a quarterback, okay, it's going to be in the paper. It's going to be on talk radio. When you – even your quotes – and I do think there might be a reason why he gets repetitive in his quotes because he knows it's all going to be pulled apart. So the more repetitive I stay, the less there is that can be pulled apart smart. later. Yes. And I did notice today, I don't know if you saw this, during one, I think it was during their special team segment, there was some Brian Hoyer, Mac Jones time on the other field, down on a knee together, shoulder to shoulder. Who knows what they were talking about, whether it was general, specific, but we all know that's part of Hoyer's role. He's a mentor. He's a part-time coach he is what he is here so I thought that was worth noting uh, a couple other sort of uh, tidbits uh, no Isaiah Wynn on the practice field today so you're going to tell me who was at right tackle because I'm drawing a complete blank blank right now don't make me check my notes Mike Giardi Yadney right Yadney could just and then they even went beyond that to just your Durant do you like that I mean just- you should see Mike Giardi's eyeballs right now <laughs> uh, look Justin Haran was pretty bad on Monday. So I think the idea that Haran was going to be back in there today to start was never going to happen because I think he was he had a, he had a rough day. So look, they, what's what other options are there? What are you what are you doing? That's your that's your depth. Those what guys. are you, Ron Renicky, when he was putting the pitching staff together a couple of years ago? What do you want me to do? I don't have anybody else to put out there. Well, I mean that that's where they're at right now. Those are their their quote unquote young tackles. Those are their developmental tackles. So so is that a I mean is that getting lost in this the the House of Cards, as I've called it, that is the offensive line. We've seen, we've made note that right guard, they've done some some rotating with uh, Ference in there, Hambright in there, four on Wenu pre-early in camp. And you never know. Could just be building depth and, and something you may need to lean on later. They've done that for years. Or it could be, mm, we're not totally sold on Wenu has this job locked down yet. Now you have Wynn dealing with something where you're getting Kajust out there, you're getting different reps. Haran, you're, you're testing that. I would say it's not ideal that you're already testing that. You'd, you'd like to rotate guys in and just build that depth on your own, not because somebody isn't out there for a practice. But we've talked about that's part of the struggles on offense. I did think they ran the ball at whatever tempo they were at. Um, there was a couple. There was a, a red zone touchdown run for Stevenson, um, a draw to Stevenson. They, they had some room to move, and that was certainly one of the, the talking points, not just the pass rush, pass pressure, but they're not opening up any holes up there. Now we should also mention... Barmore's not out there. The best defensive lineman is not out there when they're doing most of this. But on the offensive side, your best center is not out there. So I guess maybe you'd say uh, that was a fair fright. I did want fight, not fright. Practice has been frightening. But uh, Stevenson, in his own right, I thought got off to a nice start to camp. Then 
did something, tweaked something, was dealing with something. Today it looked like he was very much back in a full go. And I said to you, they started a two-minute drill. He was out there with Mac. He had the first two plays before he went off. They brought in Ty Montgomery. Am I wrong that there is a chance that Stevenson is the primary third down back, passing back for this team? Yeah, because I thought before he had whatever he had, he had done a night, and we talked about it with him even, and he said he concentrated a lot yeah. on catching the football and, and running better routes, and I thought he looked very natural catching the ball. Um, so, yeah, I think there's definitely a possibility there of him being that guy because then if you think about it, and for years they, you know, they've been in this, they've had the third down guy, and the third down guy every once in a while you give him the ball between the tackles, but that's just not doing it. With him, you can run Everything. If he's your third down back, you can also line him up solo and they're thinking it's going to be a pass situation and then you're handing the ball off the inside and he's got that power and strength to make a big play happen. So, I mean, I think it would actually be smart to have to graduate in that degree if James White isn't going to be back. And it, again, it looks like that's a that's a long haul if anything at all. So, yeah. And I would say the other thing is I, I think we were having this conversation as we sat there and watched practice. Montgomery's probably been their best offensive player in camp, which I don't think anybody drew it up that way. I mean, good for him. He's, he, he does a lot of things, and, he, and he's appeared to have done them very well here in camp. But I don't think that that was anybody's idea of like, ooh, he's going to be, you watch, we got Montgomery, things are going to change. I don't think that was the plan. But he's also a proven veteran. Yep. He has all that experience to pull from early, and he's Spent some time in New Orleans where there's some carryover system-wise that maybe benefits him here. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not totally worried that he looks good. If anything, I think it's good that he looks good. I think they're going to need the depth of offensive weapons. Speaking of depth of offensive weapons, uh, Tyquan Thornton, who everybody was raving about at practice as maybe the lone bright spot, uh, got chewed out pretty good early in practice by Joe Judge. I won't tell you what he said, but he certainly was questioning sort of the tempo and speed that his young receiver was working at. And I immediately said to you, a, he may just think, yeah, he didn't like what he saw. He didn't like the tempo. Or we know they do clips around here. We know coaches are well aware of what's being talked about with their team. This could have been a, a almost almost a Parcellian, oh, everybody's putting this kid in Canton. Time to chop him down a couple notches. Um, but overall, I have to think you're um, relatively impressed or just flat out impressed with Tyquan Thornton. Yeah, uh, I was convinced he was going to be a redshirt this year. Um, and... I still think he's going to have some problems with press coverage. I think when someone gets their hands into him, he's just so light and so skinny that it, they're going to eat him up. Um, but he is—he moves better beyond just the vertical stuff, and I think he, he does a really nice job of catching the ball. He's a hands catcher, kind of the opposite of Nelson Aguilar, who fights everything. Taekwon seems very natural with it. So I, I think I've sort of – I've started to already change my view of him, and now I'm thinking like – I think he's going to see some time. Like, I don't know that it's going to be, you know, 40 snaps a game, but I think he's carving out a role if he continues this sort of progression where he's going to be out on the field for, for some snaps on offense. You know me, I'm reactionary, bordering on overreactionary. Uh, I've already decided that he is their best first or second day wide receiver drafted since Dion Branch. So we're going right. back basically 20 years. He's flashing. And, and, and what is important to me is what you said. There's different types of flashes, not just leaning on the one thing you thought he could do. He's clearly working on the press thing. We've talked about the reps at Gunner to get extra work in that, all of that. He can run routes and he can catch the ball. Like, 
if you can do that, you have a shot, and they're not exactly loaded with Jerry Rice's on the depth chart. He's going to get some opportunities. Um, so I am, I'm definitely bullish on uh, Tyquan Thornton. That's going to wrap up another six rings and football things here at Gillette Stadium. Thank you to Mike Giardi for stopping by. Mike is preparing for TV work this week because the Patriots are preparing for a preseason game at Gillette Stadium Thursday night, 7 p.m., the New York Giants, old friend Brian Dable and company. And as Mike Giardi has told us, this could be a good uh, early matchup for the Patriots and the Giants to figure out where they fit, what what their progression level is at this point, because both teams have had some some struggles in their summer practice action. We will be back with another Six Rings and Football Things preview of Patriots-Giants Thursday night, Gillette Stadium. Until then, hope you enjoyed our practice coverage with the uh, m- the great Mike Giardi chipping in, the esteemed Mike Giardi chipping in, and uh, please tell a friend, download, rate, review. You can get the podcast on Odyssey's app. It's the best way to get it. Download the Odyssey app now or get it wherever your favorite podcasts are provided. Six Rings and Football Things out.